Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orrin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to From the Den, episode 54. We are back. I don't remember where we left off last time. Week five, I see. So... Bears have had two games since then, one of our highest highs, and I wouldn't say lowest lows, but definitely a lower low. Um, so and plenty of things going on with the Bears trading, so we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of them. Um, but I think we should hit hit the NFL first. Just the whole NFL talk about what happened week eight, week nine, and then we can go specifically to the Bears. Fine, fine, if you insist. But I'm excited to talk about the Bears. But let's do it. Yeah. So let me just go pull up these NFL games. Um. You go first. I can yeah. start. We'll talk about the Baltimore Ravens and Buccaneers game last week. The Buccaneers just look sad. They just look sad. The oh, Ravens. So many boring teams this year. A yeah. lot of like teams who are good, who should be good, are just boring this year. Buccaneers, Rams, Packers, other teams that I can't think of right now, but there are other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just really disappointing. Very, very disappointing with the Buccaneers. The Ravens didn't look unbelievable either, but they won. You can't really complain. Yeah. Okay, let's let's look. Sorry, I'm still pulling it up here. Broncos versus Jaguars. You know, pretty even game. Uh, Jaguars look like they were something at one point. Now they fall to two and six. Um, I guess that was the expectation for most people on this season, so... It's not that big of a deal. The Broncos are still scrapping together wins against the Jaguars. So nothing that impressive from the Broncos here. I don't think this says anything that we didn't already know about either of these teams. Yeah, I think this is just a game between two below average teams. When I look at the Jaguars, I see a team that should be rebuilding, but spent so much money on useless, not useless, but not unbelievable players that they just kind of screwed themselves over. They're, yeah, how do you feel about the Jaguars getting Calvin Ridley? Oh, I actually do like that trade. I think it's good for them. But mm-hmm. talking about their team as a whole, they really don't have that much money. They but I will say Calvin Ridley is older than you would expect. He is yeah. now, I think, 27. Mm-hmm. He's 27. Yeah, so. So I'm saying it's not as much of a, um, it's more of a win now move than a rebuilding move. Mm-hmm. When you look at it that way, but he's still a good player. It's very fascinating because I don't feel like their defense or their team as a whole is that good enough to win now but who knows maybe i'm wrong mm-hmm. and it's or- also the irony that you know calvin Ridley was betting on the falcons to beat the jaguars yeah no that was funny mm-hmm. okay let's go to broncos no just kidding just kidding Dolphins, Dolphins and Lions. Um, Dolphins are back at it again with Tua in. They look very dangerous. They're one of the most fun teams in the NFL, honestly. I love what the Dolphins have this year, I think. I'm just very glad the Dolphins worked out like that Tua is thriving because it would be worse for the NFL for NFL fans in general if Tua sucked. Let's just be honest. Like, you got a lot of shit before the season. Like, imagine how frustrating the Broncos would be if Tua was just what he was, what we saw from him last year. And then they had some of the best weapons in the NFL and it didn't work. So I'm just very grateful that Tua is performing well and we've got this fun team on our hands. Um, and I'm excited to see what the Broncos can do in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. sorry, the Dolphins. 
yeah, no, it is great to see the that Tua is playing well, that the Dolphins just look like a solid team. And the Lions seem to put up a fight, but I feel like most years they just like put up fights and they just don't win games. They're one in six. Yeah, what do you think about Dan Campbell? I think he's like a fine coach. I don't think I think that Hard Knocks really hyped him up. Even before Hard Knocks, he was hyped up. Mm-hmm. But he's just like a crazy coach with a big personality. And that can work, but at the same time, I think it's a lot more important to have a coach that's smart and knows what he's doing. Not saying that he doesn't, but I think that it's hard to see a, uh, the coach, a coach being like smart and doing making smart decisions because we only get to see one part of you know a team. We only get to see what they put out on Sundays, but we don't get to see what happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. So we we get to see all this passion, but we don't really get to see what goes on behind the scenes. So it's hard. It's hard for me to say, but. Okay, um, Panthers versus Falcons. This is a very good game. I don't know how the the Panthers are looking solid. The Panthers just seem to like they click with um with PJ Walker. But the Panthers are still two and six. The Falcons sneaky four and four sitting atop the NFC South. Mm-hmm. That's great. Great for the Falcons, man. I don't even know how they're doing it because. No one on their team is even playing well. <laughs> like, it's not like Kyle Pitts is going off. Drake London isn't great. Marcus Mariota has been fine. So it's, so it's like, I, you know, some they're finding their way to wins here. They've yeah, beat who they beat. They beat the 49ers. Niners, the Browns. These are good wins, and they're just finding their way to these wins. Yeah, you know what? They, they, get, they should get the respect that they deserve. They're a solid team, not unbelievable. They could easily get killed by any team now, but they seem to find a way to win. And that's all you need in football, because quite honestly, there's some teams that are, yes, there's some really, really good teams and really, really bad teams. But aside from them, those four or five teams that are just kind of the exception, you have a group of 20, 22 teams that could either win 10 games or win four games a season. And it's really all dependent on how the, their ability just to come out and win games and to win those close and tight games. And I feel like that's what the Falcons are able to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Raiders versus Saints. It was a sad game. It was a very sad game. I expected more of a fight from the Raiders. The Raiders are a team that a few weeks ago was, was it there were one in four after they lost to the Chiefs. And all their fans were upset because it was a close game, some bad calls. But most importantly, I remember hearing all the Raiders fans saying they have a really easy schedule. They're going to start winning games. And you know what? I kind of bought into it. They were a good team that had a really hard schedule and lost a bunch of games. When you lose 24 nothing to the New Orleans Saints with Andy Dalton, that says a lot about your team. You cannot afford those losses, especially when you're a 2-4 and four team competing in a really good division. Yeah. Um, Raiders are three and five. They've been a disappointment this year. I think they've aligned with what I thought they were going to be, to be honest. Um, Devontae Adams has put up good stats, but it hasn't affected the Raiders trajectory as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think that they're the same team that they were in years prior where they, you know, they stick in some games. They look really good sometimes. And then, Games like these happen. I mean, I've never seen something this drastic where they got shut out, but still, um, yeah, I'm not really expecting anything different from the Raiders this year. Yeah, I agree. 
Eagles versus Steelers. Yeah. Eagles are 7-0. and Respect to them. And looking at their schedule, I mean, there's not any game that they're not favored in. I expect them to lose a few games because I don't think that they're at that level of dominance. But Eagles look great. I mean, I love to see it for my fantasy football team with Jalen Hurts. And the Steelers are officially bad. I shouldn't yeah. say that, but I think at some point in the start of the season, I was holding out trust in Mike Tomlin. But you got to look at this team objectively. It's a bad football team. Kenny Pickett is playing rough, to say the least. And that's fine. He's a rookie quarterback. He has time to develop. But this is a, the Steelers are a bad football team. I mean, to say I was expecting the Eagles to be 7-0 and would just be a blatant lie. I, I don't think anyone could have expected them to be this good. Their team clicks. They have just all the pieces. And I feel like they've had all the pieces for the past four years. But I don't know what's different about this season. But everything seems to be going right. Maybe it's the addition of A.J. Brown. Having him is great. It's very helpful. I think it's that Jalen Hurts was going to step up in his second year anyway. and Or third year. Third, whatever. Third year, second year. Like second season playing as a starter. And... The addition of A.J. Brown just really fueled that. They got great weapons surrounding him, great offensive line. They just did a great job of helping Jalen Hurts' development. Yeah, and respect to them. All right, let's talk about the Vikings and Cardinals game. Okay, First let's off, do it. The Vikings are 6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Wow, that's ridiculous. No one cares. And the Vikings are 6-1 and one and no one cares. No one cares. And it, quite honestly, they haven't played ridiculously easy teams. I mean, they beat the Dolphins. I yes, it was without Tua. The Bears are not a hard team to beat. Um, they barely beat the Saints. They beat the Lions. They got killed by the Eagles, and they beat the. Some of the Giants are getting more credit for doing well than the Vikings are. Like seriously, no one cares about the Vikings you're, having a good. You're right, season. but that's also because it's New York. But and it's the New Fair. York and whatever. But yes, you're right. It is crazy. They're six and one. They're beating good teams. And the difference between the Vikings and the Giants is that the Vikings have a good team. The Vikings and the Giants have been, I feel like, kind of polar opposites. Where this this Giants team usually, where I would say this year the Giants are overperforming based on little talent. And his like in the past few years, the Vikings usually underperform with a lot of talent. But Finally, it feels like they might be performing at the I don't level. think the Vikings defense is that dominant, though. They just, like, found their way to victories if you're looking at the scores. Sure. So, That's honestly, fair. I don't really expect... Like, do you really see this Vikings team doing anything? Not particularly. Like, in the playoffs? No. <laughs> yeah, in the playoffs. Not really, but at the same time, could I see them upsetting the Eagles? Like, would that be the most shocking thing ever? Not really. I don't even think I could see them playing the Eagles. I mean, what team would you say? I think would... the the Buccaneers could beat the Vikings in the playoffs. You're talking, you got to talk about playoff experience here. You Tom Brady versus Kirk Cousins. Fine. And the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers are three and five. They've lost. They just have, they've lost three straight, and it's been to the Steelers, to the Panthers. Yeah, they're bad. They are bad. They are bad. Ravens. And what? First of all, what changed with the Buccaneers? I feel like we didn't talk about that enough. That's a what is different question. about them? Is it really just that Tom Brady's worse? I mean, if that's the case, then that really shows how much Tom Brady carried the teams in the past because they still have a good defense. They still have weapons. They still have an okay offensive line. The offensive line is a bit more banged up. But, I mean... I don't think it is. Tom Brady's second in the NFL in passing yards, so I, I don't know what changed, honestly. They still have great weapons. They might have... I think they lost some of their offensive line. Seriously, I don't know what's going on with the Buccaneers. 
Yeah, but going back to the Vikings Cardinals, first off, the Cardinals, they're like, okay, they're not great. They're three and five. They Cardinals are an annoying team. Cardinals are like the Vikings. Cardinals have Vikings tendencies. That's fair. Where they have all the pieces, but then they just like I, I gave up my hope in them. And then they'll they'll still pull off good wins because they have like insane offensive potential. I mean, they have Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I like a bunch of their other wide receivers, like Ronda Moore, I think is sneaky good. But people like, they've got a great unit, but they just I don't think they have that elite level. I think it comes down to coaching. I think what separates an elite team is like the discipline in their coaching. Like I think that Cliff Kingsbury isn't a reliable coach. You know, he has a reputation of choking versus like there are other teams that you just know are going to be reliably good. Like the chiefs. I mean, of course the chiefs are a better quarterback, but like I'm trying to think of another example. Like I just don't think that the Cardinals are a reliable team. That's fair. But what's interesting, what people forget is that, the Cardinals were the e- last year. The Cardinals were the Eagles. They started off, yeah, yeah, there, and then they choked. Exactly, they choked, and they looked really bad, especially in the playoffs. They got pummeled by the Rams. They looked like a bad, bad team last year. Not, not blatant, not anything. They were not a good team last year towards the end of the season, and I, they just, I feel like they picked off where they ended off. La- they picked up where they ended off last year, and. It's not a good thing. I would not be too happy about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to the next game. Patriots Jets. Mm-hmm. First off, why are the Jets five and three, even though they just lost? Great wow. job, Jets, man. I think that sometimes it's just hard to evaluate these teams when you think about predictions. It's like you have to decide which team. Okay, the Jaguars are sitting at two and five. The Jets are sitting at five and two. Is there really that much of a difference in skill level between these two teams? No. It's like on defense, the Jets have just been very good because they have a mod Gardner, Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Like offensively, I think these are two very similar teams. But also, like, look at Zach Wilson. He's not good. He's had five. Exactly. Years. I'm saying they both have young rookie quarterbacks who are going to be prone to mistakes. So it's just interesting how, like, like, <laughs> Basically, where did this come from? You know, what differentiates the Jets and the Jaguars that one of them are sitting at five and two and another's at two and five? It's just interesting. Like you're looking at the rosters of these teams and luck doesn't look that different. Luck is just winning close games, right? With Joe Flacco, they barely beat the Browns. And then they, go, they they beat the they barely beat the Steelers again. They come and they somehow they upset they, the you, they beat the Packers by 17. Give them respect there. Yeah, they, they. I think they've got a much. I think they've got a better defense than the Jacks. I think that's it. Yeah, no, they do have a better defense. They have a solid defense. Robert Sala is a good defensive coach. They go, they beat the Broncos, but again, the Broncos are not good. And they, the Broncos didn't even have Russell Wilson in that game. It was not great. Mm-hmm. The only they have two very quality wins, in my opinion, with the Dolphins, where they destroyed the Dolphins, even though the Dolphins didn't have a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Tua. They killed them. And the Packers is a quality win. But aside from that... Well, I think that you also... You can't fault the Jets for playing a bad team and beating I'm a bad not, team. I'm not faulting the Jets. I'm just saying that, that, that those wins don't count. I think beating the Browns is a quality, quality win. Beating the Browns is a quality win. Eh, I mean, they barely beat the Browns. It was off... So they were down like 14. I don't think it's a necessarily a quality win. I think it's a win where you just come out at the end. Where you you're fighting, you don't give Actually, up. Actually, that was a crazy game. That was a crazy game. I forgot yeah. about that game. That was a ridiculous game. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, fine. 
Oh, um, now Patriots four and four could make. Let's talk about this quarterback situation going on in New England. Yeah, we'll bring it up more, I guess, when we're talking about the Bears. But quarterback competition, like, what do you think? What do you think should be the move? It's not a competition. It's not. I get that Belichick put him back in, but unless he blows them, what he's not. Do not forget. Mac Mac Jones was by far the best rookie quarterback last year, like significantly. And mm-hmm. like I think he might have won rookie of the year if Jamar Chase wasn't that good. <laughs> sure. Okay. My point is that he has so much potential and we've seen it. He went last year. I forgot what, what was it. Do you remember the score of the playoff game last year? They were keeping up with the Bills last year, I think. No, they were not. No, they were not. Really? I feel like they were. They got killed by the Bills. They got killed by like 28 points. Ready? Bills, Patriots, playoff. Score. Yeah, no, you're 100%. 17 to 47. You're right. <laughs> it was just because you thought the Patriots were going to win. So that's why you said that. No, I think there was a game that I remember last year that they played really well against the Bills, but 17 to 47. Okay, so um I get what you're saying, but just looking using the eye test, Zap did look better, but then he threw two picks. So um, I mean Yeah, he looked better, but also Mac Jones hadn't played in three weeks and he was kind of thrown in there. Like I feel like the Patriots just don't get free agent signings. I feel like they they actually do. They're just not very good with personnel. Like Bill Belichick is not a great general manager. He doesn't pick very well. Doesn't draft very well. Doesn't sign people very well. He signed last year like Hunter Renfro and um, what's his name? Oh, Hunter Renfro, not Hunter Renfro. Um, Hunter Henry and who's the other tenant? Johnny um, Smith. Yeah, to like, <laughs> like way too much money. A lot of money. Like they're not very good at drafting. They pick Nikhil Harry and they pick Sony Michelle and they they're not great at drafting. And they're not great at signing. Bill Belichick's just a ridiculously good coach. He just, that's just what he is. Yeah. And I mean, without Tom Brady, what, what is this team? Like they're not, they're nothing that crazy. They're, they, they, they don't scare anyone. They're, yeah, I know they got a bunch of receivers who are just like interesting. Like their receiving core is so like mediocrity. And yeah. by mediocrity, I mean like compared to the rest of the NFL, it's below average, but just like, wow. Like every one of your receivers is like Jacoby Myers. Devontae Parker, um, yeah, Nelson Aglor. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like Bill Belichick is putting – he's building a below-average roster and he's an above-average coach, and that just comes together and brings you average teams. And I feel like – I hate to say this, but with Belichick, they're kind of stuck in mediocrity because Belichick is never going to give them a straight-up horrible losing season. They're not going to lose to win two games with Belichick, but they're not going to win 13 or 12 or 11 games with this roster. Mm-hmm. And their Belichick isn't good of enough of a GM to draft and sign players well enough to compensate for their mediocrity. Yeah, why do they let Belichick be a GM? Because he's such a good coach. And if you ask that, they're not going to be like, no, I guess that's, I don't know. That's, that's, well, I mean, imagine if they just brought in a more, talented GM, then that would just be a crazy team. <laughs> no? But they weren't complaining because they were winning Super Bowls and it just worked. Of course, of course. And now they're kind But of- I'm trying to, like, when's the last time the Patriots have made a move and you've been like, ooh, good move? I I mean, they've occasionally made, like, they've drafted some good players. I forgot. Oh, what's strange. It? Yeah, there's some, another offensive lineman. They, I feel like he's good drafting offensive lineman, but... Yeah. Like... Honestly, like last year, Mac Jones looked like a great pick. 
Like really, really, really good pick. Yeah. But I guess that was last year. But, All right. Uh, yeah, he could still be developed. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Titans Texans game. I mean, let's... the Titans are five and two. I did not realize that. That's good scary. job, Titans. Sorry. I really yeah. hated on the Titans at the start of the year. Yeah. And... I don't even know what's going on. Oh, Malik Willis played. Yeah. Quite honestly, very rightfully so. When I look at their wins, I don't really see that many like quality wins. They got who's a team with a lot of quality wins because you just keep saying that. But do they have any? They beat the Colts twice, not by that much. Well, they are you gonna fault them? Minutes. Are you gonna, like they yeah, okay? They, they played. You would call one. You would only call the Bills a quality team to play. You know what I mean? No, I'm confused. like what if if they're not playing? It's not they don't decide the schedule, so it's like okay, they play the Bills, they lose to the Bills. No one's saying the Titans are better than the Bills, and then they I know, play the rest of these teams. Not, and they beat them. I'm saying their team, they're not like for real. Like they're five and two team. Don't let the record deceive you. They haven't done anything to prove to me that they could win a, a win a playoff game. All that they've That's done fair, because they're, they're they're keeping the bad teams within. Yeah, all, all that they've done is lost to the Giants by one. And got killed by the Bills. And have kept every single other game close with bad teams. Yeah, 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 that's fair. So I think that's a theme we're seeing now across the NFL. That it's like the teams that should be dominant are losing a bunch. And then there are some teams that are just randomly good. But I don't think it says anything about their like randomly good records. But I don't think we can make conclusions about them actually having a chance in the playoffs. And that's why the whole like playoff picture looks so weird right now. Because... Where are you going to value higher teams that are like Jets or Titans? Those are both teams that are overperforming. But like, who are you going to value higher? Some team who's supposed to be performing well and losing or some something else, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's just kind of wacky because right now, the Titans are the number two seed in the, in the AFC. The Titans are above the Chiefs, above the Ravens, and teams like the Bengals. The Broncos, the Raiders, teams we thought would be so good are out of not the Patriots. The they're not even the playoff picture. And teams like the Jets are the five seed right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right now, the four seed in the NFC is the are the Falcons. The three seed is Seattle. We'll talk about them soon. I mean, yeah, because they're just at the top of their division. I yeah, know. There's another theme. Like Seattle's so interesting, man. But we'll get Seattle there. is. We'll talk about them. But you have the number nine, ten, eleven are Rams, Buccaneers, Packers. Twelve is Cardinals. I mean. Those are just really talented teams that are just. Okay, wait, right now it's Thursday night. So we've got the Eagles-Texans game just started. What's your pick, Orn? Eagles, I'm not. Obviously I, Eagles. But any anything in particular special to say about the game? Um, I'm interested to see how Davis Mills plays. I, I don't think that this is a game. Unless they lose, I think this game, even if they keep it close or get killed, I don't think this game is going to say that much about the Eagles. I want to see Davis Mills. I want to see if he's for real. I read something, obviously, because I'm a, we're both big Bears fans. I was reading something, and it was like, oh, if I could redraft, if I could rank all the 2022 or 2021 quarterbacks from the draft class, like the Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, they had Fields as the number one quarterback, and they had Davis Mills as the number two quarterback. And Field, Wait, that's ridiculous. Who is, who is saying that? I don't know. not that crazy. Who would you take over him? No, I'm talking about, like, Fields really number one? Yeah, who would you put over Fields? Like, then that's saying that someone would trade, based on what they've seen now, you'd trade Trevor Lawrence. The Jags should trade Trevor Lawrence for Justin Fields. Yeah, that's what he's saying. You think that's true? I mean... If someone offered you Trevor Lawrence for Justin Fields right now, would you do it? 
I would think about it, but it depends on the team. It depends on what you. You are the Bears, and they are the Jaguars. Um, you're the GM of the Bears. They say, I "Hey, I do what? not." Think- Trevor Lawrence started off the season really hot and has been not great recently. And the opposite happened with Fields. Fields is going up. I have a silly answer, but my silly answer is just that no, because that would just ruin everything. <laughs> like, there's no reason to do that. <laughs> Why would you swap your quarterback? Like, you're developing a whole team around Fields. Yeah, yeah I know. But, like, yes, yeah. my point is that they had Davis Mills' two. And I was like, whoa, maybe I'm heavily underestimating Davis Mills, but Davis Mills? Like, really? Like, I just paused for a second and I was like, come on. Like, he's whatever. He's Bro, a- he's fine. I think Davis Mills has Davis Mills potential. He has the potential to be the next Alex Smith. No, actually, Alex Smith was too good. Alex I'm Smith is of- good. You're no, getting- no, I'm thinking of Alex Smith like late in his career. He has the potential to be the next Ryan Tannehill on the Dolphins. Or like- he has the potential to be the next Jay Cutler. He has no, the potential. I think you're giving Cutler like. I'm trying to think of just like the most mediocre quarterbacks. Um, I'm missing someone super mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah, um, I'm um, Mediocre. Yeah, I don't know why. There's yeah. Uh, there's, when you said Tannehill, I was thinking of someone. He has the potential to be the next. Um, shoot, I just had someone. Give me one sec here. Like Brian, not Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer was like not good, good enough. Like Andy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Dalton. Maybe Andy Dalton. And you know what? I'm making this claim based on nothing. Maybe Davis Mills is good, but like, come on now, yeah. you know? Two. Whoa, first and goal. Texans are first and goal. Look at this. Philip yeah. Dorsett. Philip Dorsett. Davis Mills. Davis Mills, 42 yard completion. Or was it 42 yards? I can't tell. To, to Philip Dorsett. So good is for it Philip. Oh, never mind. How old is Philip Dorsett? Okay, we should get back to actually talking. Yeah, about let's him. talk about football. Okay. Great game. Seahawks Giants says a lot about both teams. First, what the hell? Why are the Seahawks good? Why is Geno Smith a genuine good, good job, Geno Smith, man? Can we like very happy for Geno Smith? Seahawks killed their draft. When I say killed, I mean this is one of the best draft like class. Like, let me go check it out. Yeah, they're they drafted a first round tackle and a third round tackle who are both like going to be their their tackles for like 10 15. oh everyone knew they killed their draft i remember everyone said that yeah so good for the analysts and they had they had kenneth walker who's playing great their cornerbacks i think one of them's like kobe bryant this is his name there's another one pretty much i think like the two rookies of the month were both from seattle like the offensive one was kenneth walker and the defensive one was one of their cornerbacks yeah and they're they, crazy good kenneth all- walker i mean don't pay running backs man but he is good <laughs> Yeah, he's playing great. He's legit, man. Yeah, he's playing great football. They won 27-13. Also, Geno Smith threw a dime to to Tyler Lockett that he just dropped, like straight up dropped in the end zone. It was not like close. I like to say I would catch it. Probably not because it was a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that. But then he caught one later in the game. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying like the score should have even been like kind of bigger like a bigger gap between than just a 14 point game. My point is that this game said a lot because the Seahawks are kind of for real and that's crazy. And that's scary. And kudos has shown and given me such a newfound respect 
for the Seahawks and their organization. For Pete, you know, it's Pete always Carroll. a question of quarterback does badly. Is it the coach's fault or the quarterback's fault? I feel like this is the question that we spent all of 2020 talking about. Asking about Tom Brady. I was Tom just Brady about and Bill Yup, because then Tom Brady leaves, and I'm like, okay, the Patriots are about to go off. I was, I, I was over two. I'm not even gonna lie, I was over two. <laughs> Tom Brady leaves the Patriots. I'm like, Bill Belichick is the man. He still is the man, but they had, I'm like, they're about to go off with Cam Newton. Patriots were like fine that year, you know, living like you can never be that bad with Patri- with Bill Belichick, as you said. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the Buccaneers go on, and they didn't win it that year, did they? No, I don't think they did, but. Or maybe they did. I'm not sure. They might have won the Super Bowl that year. They did. They did. They did. Yeah, they did. So, yeah, they won the Super Bowl with Brady. And then this time, Russell Wilson leaves. Everyone, like, Seattle and Wilson had a lot of tension, I think, for a while since the whole, like, you know, calling that play on the one-yard line, of course, and always like, oh, let Russ cook. Like, Seattle has a run-first offense. You know, Russell Wilson is constrained by this. So I was kind of buying into that and just thinking Russell Wilson's going on an offense with different weapons. Um people to support him so i was ready and i was ready for seattle to be terrible but this, this season this season so far has not only shown that in the past bill belichick has been leading this team and not russell wilson but that without russell wilson this team is going to continue its success quite honestly this team looks a lot better than the team that had russell wilson last year it just oh it, it definitely does great i think and, it's part of it is on the rookie class it's not like it's completely geno smith to russell wilson but like Geno Smith is balling, like certified balling. 13 touchdowns to three interceptions. I don't know where this came from. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But also the Seahawks have lost to the 49ers. They've lost to the Falcons. They've lost to the Saints. So, like, I think I still have this nagging feeling that at any moment the Seahawks could just decide to not be good ever again and then just not be a good football team anymore. Yeah, like we're halfway okay. through the season, just like how the Cardinals won seven games. Like the teams that look good right now and versus the teams that look bad could still definitely switch it up in the second half of the season. So I even though I'm giving a lot of credit to the Seahawks right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they just started losing games. I got to go look at their upcoming schedule. But like, what? yeah, their upcoming schedule, there's one team that I see that I say this team is significant, this this team you should beat, and it's the Panthers, and they could lose to the Panthers. That would not shock me. The Panthers are have proven to be a team that you, that can upset. Yeah, they have a very tough upcoming very schedule of teams who schedule. have this- all underperformed um, at the start of the season. You got Raiders, Buccaneers, Rams, who could start turning it on near the end. So the Seahawks will probably see a downfall. Yeah, all right. They've got to win. They've got to win a lot of hard games. So now let's talk about the Giants. The Giants don't have that difficult of an upcoming schedule. They don't. I mean, they play the Eagles twice, the Cowboys. They play the Vikings. But they also play the Colts, the Commanders twice, the Lions, and the Texans. The Giants kind of reminded me this game of the good old Giants that just suck. They really (laughs) look like a great football team. And that's the Giants that I expected. I This team just doesn't scare me at all. I, they make the playoffs great. All that means is that their rebuild is going to be worse because, uh, I mean, they're just not going to be able to have a higher. I mean, draft. again, it's the question of like, who do you trust to make the playoffs more, the Giants or the Packers? To make the playoffs, I mean, you have to. Understand. It's an interesting question. It's that same question. It's that same have- same theme that's over the NFL. 
There are teams that are randomly good, like why are the Giants good and why are the Packers bad? And how do we evaluate these teams who one seems to be overperforming, another seems to be underperforming for the rest of the season? Basically, who is legitimately good? Who's legitimately bad? So let's do that. Let's just say, are, are the Giants legit? You don't think so? No, but my point is that there is almost every every single reason I should tell you that the Giants have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Packers. The Giants have a way easier schedule coming up. The Packers, I think, have like one of the higher hardest schedules coming up. It's not looking easy for them. The Giants have a very easy schedule coming up. The Giants are six and two. The Giants don't need to win that many more games. Let's say the Packers. Okay, what's the Packers' record right now? Let's go check that out. The Packers three are three and five. Okay, let's say they end the season at nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Let's the go. Giants- let's go through it. Okay, Packers. Lions is a win, four and five. Cowboys, Packers, what do you think? Probably Cowboys, but are we doing this to be generous to the Packers? Or are we doing this to be realistic? Hmm. Let's be generous. Let's start by being generous, okay? All right, fine. So they Cowboys, win. Packers win, five and five. Titans, beat, Packers win, beat, six okay. and five. They lose Let's, to the Eagles. Lose to the Eagles, six and six. Beat the Bears, okay, seven, seven and six. six. Let's say lose to the Rams, seven and seven. Um, probably lose to the Dolphins. What is that? Seven and eight. Seven and eight. So probably eight and nine. Eight and nine. Nine and eight. That's what it'll be around. Sure, but that's also being very generous, considering the fact that they did just have lost the past four games to the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, and the Bills. Yes, the Bills are a good team. The Giants, Jets, and Commanders sure certainly are not great teams. I mean, don't let. And they almost lost to the Patriots, and they almost lost to the Buccaneers. The only game that I look at and I say, wow, good job, Packers. You look like the normal Packers I know is, of course, against Da Bears. Yeah. Yeah, of course. The only game that they've won that, that I was like, this looks like a Packers team that I remember. Every other game, it looks, you know, how the Packers every single, like, once every three weeks in like the like 2019, 2020, 2021 have those games where they look like they're about to lose and then they like come out and win against not great teams. It's sort been like of. That the whole season. It's yeah. like the Packers usually have like three or four of those every season and they lose half of those and they win half of those. It's just been like that the whole season. Yes, the Packers. That's not looking they, good. They might just. But it's looking great. It's looking great for me. Love it. Yeah. For you too. You do, yeah. Because we go Bears. Yeah, go Bears. All right. We've been spending a long time talking about this. We haven't even got past the Giants. Yeah, let's, talk, let's quickly talk about this. We'll talk about. Predictions that will go to the Bears really quickly. All right. Fine. fine. Commanders, Colts, not great teams. I don't think there's much to talk about in that game. Sorry, what was that? Commanders, Colts. Commanders, Colts. Next. The Rams suck. The Rams suck. I get it that they always lose to the 49ers. The 49ers just have something figured out with the Rams. I mean, they might have like, I don't know, they might have like a secret agent. Like, I think that would make sense. <laughs> you know, the Rams are three and four. Yeah, they could come back. But I don't know why. Literally, since the start of the year, they just looked off, which is weird because they just won a Super Bowl. So, like, Super what Bowl is it? Hangover. It applies. I guess, but come on, like, what's a real? You can't just say that and hang it out there. That's not an explanation That's for why they're bad. Out. It's not. What did they lose? Let's just make it clear. Odo they, Beckham Jr. <laughs> I mean, I know it's silly, but it's like, what else did they lose? They got Allen Robinson. Yes, they're different receivers, but quite honestly, the Rams didn't have OBJ the first half of the season. All right, so we were talking about the Rams and the 49ers, and 
last year you're talking about the OBJ was the difference. In my opinion, I don't think OBJ was. Ever I mean, I didn't actually think OBJ was a difference. Trust me, but I mean, <laughs> that's like. I mean, all yeah, lost, evidently. So. I mean, look, they lost Von Miller. They lost a few pieces, but. But I mean, they were great with before they traded for Von Miller midseason. Yeah, that's my point. My point is that it is a Super Bowl hangover. It's <laughs> every team besides the Patriots falls to the Super Bowl hangover because football is a a game of momentum. Any last year, you look at the Rams and the Bengals, they were not the best teams in those playoffs. They just weren't. The Buccaneers were better last year. The Packers were better last year. That's the NFC. The Bills were better last year. The Chiefs were better last year. And quite honestly, all four of those teams deserve to make it into the Super Bowl more than those two did. But the Rams and the Bengals had momentum at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very hard to maintain momentum. I remember in 2019, there was an interview with Chase Daniel. And they asked him after the 2019 season, they asked, what's the difference between this year and last year? And he said, we had the same team. The difference was that in 2018, we got lucky. The games went our way and we gained momentum from that. And when a football team has momentum and they have things going their way, they start to win every single game and their team gets more confident and every single thing goes accordingly. That's why you have teams like the Jets that are five and three and you have the Giants who are six and two who should not be that way because they got momentum at the right time and they rode the momentum. The Rams and all Super Bowl teams, it is almost impossible to regain momentum. You lose it on the offseason. That's just how football works because you have a new team and it's a long break. So mm-hmm. that's the difference. But also the 49ers are not for real, by the way. Why not? At least I feel like it. No, I'll, I'll give a real reason. <laughs> I've been, I feel like I've been saying it this whole time. I, I like them a lot more now. I remember saying before the Bears game, I don't like them. Trey Lance is going to be bad. Trey Lance got hurt, and they've looked like a better team since he's been hurt. But at the same time, I still look at this team, and I say, I don't see you guys being for real. And last year, they also rode momentum in the playoffs. That's how they got to the NFC Championship game and probably shouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl because they were an interception away from making it to the Super Bowl. So that's why I say they're not for real. Okay. Well, they did just get a good win, and they did just get Christian McCaffrey, who is a great player, is a phenomenal player, will help them a lot, even though it is really weird because it goes against their entire running back strategy. You know? Yeah. They thrive. They've had great rushing attacks on, like, three-headed monsters of running back screens or just finding late-round guys. So it's very interesting that they gave a bunch of picks for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. All right. Bills Packers, I think that the score speaks for itself it just shows the bills are a really good team they didn't kill the packers i'm not gonna stand here and say oh the packers suck they got killed i mean they kind of did get killed it was never a close game put it that way sure but it wasn't like a blowout like they lost by 40 the bills are a good team they showed it the packers are still a very talented team they're just missing a lot they're missing the momentum. They're missing Rodgers being Rodgers. They're missing receivers. Their offensive line is hurt. Their defense is really not looking. I remember before the season, people were saying the Packers defense is going to be the number one in the NFL, like the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I believe it. You know, they have a really, really talented Very talented, defense. yeah. Like, quite honestly, their biggest holes were like slot corner. Like before this year, not before last year, they had no middle linebackers and the defensive tackles weren't great. And their, like, nickel cornerback wasn't great. Then they had Rasul Douglas and DeAndre Campbell come in, play some of the best football in the NFL, an all-pro, 
and, and DeAndre Campbell. Rasul Douglas had one of the best stretches of football I've ever seen. They re-signed them. And now both those players have regressed. Jair has been hurt. They're having all these players not play great. Adrian Amos isn't playing great. It's just, it's not looking great for them. And everything looks like it's falling apart. And that makes me very happy because the Packers, I think I told this to you in, on a podcast, the way the Packers save money is by pushing money down the line. What they do is you have a player like Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari. These are two examples of what happened. They restructure their contract. So now all that means is that they can't really release them. Like, let's say they wanted to release them before restructuring their contract in 2022. They would have saved $10 million. And that's now, why they owe um, Zadarius Smith like $11 yeah, million. Exactly. Which is the, the exact point, which is why because they're pushing all this money down the road to win now, they're stuck with Aaron Jones. They're stuck with David Bakhtiari. They're mm -hmm. stuck with these players. So, I mean, they really, really played a win now game. And they're kind of screwed because if they want to rebuild, they're kind of forced to stay in mediocrity because there's no reason for them to rebuild with no money and not unbelievable picks and Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it's not going to work that way. So, I don't know. Yeah. I would happen to agree. The there's not they don't make moves. I don't know what's going on with their GM. Do you think he should be fired? I feel like their GM is he has a philosophy like I do about running backs, but he's really stubborn. Like really stubborn. Like I I don't get it. They Rodgers before this offseason, Rodgers still didn't have that many weapons. <laughs> Even with Devontae Adams, he never had a he hasn't had a great tight end in a while. He hasn't had, since since like 2017 or 2018, since Devontae Adams became their wide receiver, they really haven't invested in it. Rodgers made Lazard look great. Rodgers made MVS look great. Rodgers made Tunyon look great. But we all knew that they weren't great receivers. We all knew that on the Bears, they would be Equinemia St. Brown. They would be Dante Pettis. They would be like Ryan Griffin. But they're on the Packers and they have Rodgers. And now that Rodgers is slightly regressed, and they don't have Devontae Adams, it is becoming clear that they need a receiver. And their Packers GM, time and time again, seems to shy away from the receivers and not pull the trigger on them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with that. Okay, yeah. okay, let's let's go talk. We, we got to keep moving. Bengals-Browns. Yeah. Bengals-Browns. Browns, I mean, I'm not going to say they look like a good team. I think more, this game more says that the Bengals are not for real. Yeah, Bengals are up and down, but right now they're sitting at 4-4. Four and four. So, yeah, you know, played a bad game. They might have played a bad game. And maybe I'm just hating on them because I thought they would not be great. But I mean, yeah, they're they're like, OK. OK, let's talk Bears now. Finally, what I was excited to do an hour ago. Bear down. You know what? First, we'll talk about do you want to start the. Okay, we haven't talked about football and the Bears in a while because we both have. Let's just talk. I think let's just talk. We don't need to go in a chronological order. Okay. I want to talk about what happened gonna, most recently. What's on my I, mind right now. Sure. I'm just going to give a quick thing. You go week three to the Texans game. Just a quick summary. Fields is his worst game. Looks really bad. Looked really, really bad. I was concerned. You were concerned. Everyone was concerned. He looked bad. Week four, they lost to the Giants. He looked better. Week five against the Commanders on Thursday night. He had a fine game. Week six, a week, week six against the Commanders, he had a fine game. Week seven, he showed out. Went to the Patriots, played great football on Monday night. Great, mm -hmm. great football. I watched him and I said, this is a good quarterback. Week eight against the Cowboys, they got 
pummeled because they are not a good team and the Cowboys are a good team. But I watched Justin Fields and I said, this is our quarterback. This is the guy who I want running our offense for the next 10 years. This guy, he looked really good. Quite honestly, I thought it was his best game of the year by a good amount. Not only did he, he made a lot of wow throws in my opinion. He made a lot of very solid throws that throw to, what's his name? He had a, okay, I'll give you a few examples. The throw to Equinemius St. Brown, not, not the deep one on the first play, but there was mm-hmm. one that was offside and he threw it up. That was an unbelievable pass. He just chucked it up. This was a free yeah. play, chucked it up wide open. He threw a pass to Dante Pettis. That was a pretty nice pass in the, in the end zone. His throw to Vilas Jones, beautiful. Not all quarterbacks can make that throw. He made one throw, which is kind of insignificant. To Darnell Mooney, it was like at the 15-yard line, he threw it sidearm. And I was, it was like a easy, not an easy throw, but it was a sidearm throw. And you I just flicked it. Yeah, that's, that's very. This is the type of play that makes Justin Fields, Justin Fields, because I do, like you said it, you said you were waiting for those wow plays, those plays that you look at and you say, this guy's making great throws. There's one That's throw exactly that, what I was waiting. Yeah. I didn't see him make a great throw in the, in the first few weeks. And that disappointed me. And I feel like the past. He's wow. Been, that was like, he played a good game. Yeah. He played a really good game. He played a great game. You know, he's, I think he's like, I hate PFF. But he's like PFF's like 10th rated quarterback since like week four. And he's like the number two fantasy quarterback. And he's like, he's been he's doing great. He's doing really good. I'm very happy. He, I said this about Fields. Fields, like they said Fields would be like the best quarterback in that draft class. And I tend to agree. But also what makes me optimistic about Fields is that I came into this year saying, I don't care if the whole Bears roster sucks. You just care about fields. You just care about fields. Well. Because this team has, we have picks and we have money. And we have, you know, we have some pieces this year. Our whole team might not look great, but we sure as hell have players like Jaquan Brisker, like Kyler Gordon. Great. I love Nathan the rookies. Johnson. Dominique Robinson looks great. Dominique Robinson. And now we've got Chase Claypool, baby. Now we have Chase Claypool. So, Let's talk about Roquan Smith. Let's talk about Chase Claypool. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Robert Quinn. So, okay, let's talk. Let's start with Robert Quinn, just because it was the latest, like most yeah. farthest in the past. Um, I would say it was inevitable if he was going to be traded. He's old. It was Poles's. I mean, it was Pace's fault for getting him in the first place because you can see Poles is clearing out a lot of the moves that Pace made that he probably wouldn't agree wouldn't have agreed with, which I appreciate. I think um Robert Quinn, it would have been nicer to get a higher value for him, but I believe that that was the best value that we could get at this point because he did have a disappointing start to the season. If we had traded Robert Quinn at the start of the season, we could have gotten more picks. But then again, at the start of the season, we were thinking, well, if he has a good season, we could trade him for even more. So it's understandable, I'll say. Um and we got we got a good Before, value from it. So yeah, we got. Yeah, both, but I mean, one thing needs to be understood: Robert Quinn is not helping this team win any games this year. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna. You know, you could talk about Roquan Smith, which we will in a bit. But Robert Quinn was not winning the Bears games. He was not losing the Bears games. Robert Quinn had one sack, and you know he gets pressures, but quite honestly, he's not a great rush run defender. He's not. He's, and if he's not going to get to the quarterback and get 18 and a half sacks like he did last year, there's no reason to have him on your team. Because mm-hmm. when I heard the Robert Quinn trade, you know what that does? That opens up spots for Dominique Robinson. 
that opens up spots for Travis Gibson, for Al-Qadid Muhammad, for younger players that could be in the Bears rotation in two, three years when they're actually good and when they have other players. It's important to have these players develop because Robert Quinn is doing nothing for your future. He's not even winning you games. So I like the trade. They save a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that Poles is also, he's building up to something with a lot of these trades. And I think it's just to be decided to see, you know, we've got so much money in cap space. Let's see how he uses it. We've got so much draft picks. Let's see how he spends them. His first draft class looks very promising. So I'm happy with that. Um, I'm only concerned about Velas Jones, but um, it's promising. So now we traded for a bunch of fourth rounders and let's hope that we can make something real out of it. And that's also what matters is how he uses those draft picks. Because if it's just a waste, then it's going to seem like more of a waste of a pick. Um, okay, so Roquan Smith. This is the trade I'm most iffy about. Yeah. Because that's I think that Bears keeping Roquan Smith, like there isn't really a path for... um. Robert Quinn to have success on this team. Like he's just not in the same timeline age wise, any of that. There's definitely a path for Roquan Smith to have been incredibly successful on the bears. Yeah. So I actually read something interesting and I think that you're right, but I think that this maybe will clear it up. I read something that's like a a team spends 40% of their salary cap on defense. Of that 40%, you have two players that you're going to spend over $20 million on you're going to have like three, three players. You're going to spend like 10 to 20 and like four players. You're going to give like a, a rookie deal or like veterans minimum, something around those lines. Maybe it was like four, four, three. I think it was four, four, three or mm-hmm. actually, no, I think it was five, four, two. Sorry. And what they said is, do you want to be spending one of your, like you have two opportunities to spend $20 million on a player. Do you want to spend one of those on a not premier position Inside linebacker is not like a defensive. What makes it a premier position? It's their value. It's the, there are a lot of, a few reasons. I, linebackers are kind of like, uh, not as bad running backs. If you look at running like linebackers, a lot, a lot of linebackers have gotten second contracts and got a lot of money have fallen off. They're also injury prone. And also there are a lot of linebackers you can choose from. Mm Mm-hmm. There are a lot of defenses that don't have unbelievable linebackers that have just succeeded. But you have, like, how many unbelievable outside linebackers are there or defensive tackles or cornerbacks, for that matter? I feel like teams are always looking for those players. Always. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to give up a lot of money. You see, Bradley Chubb was just traded for a first and given $120 million. You have players like Jalen Ramsey, like cornerbacks. There's not a lot of elite shutdown cornerbacks. There are a lot of good inside linebackers. There's okay. a good amount of them. And also, Roquan Smith doesn't really fit the Bears' defense this year that much. And he's kind of regressed this year. He hasn't played that great. But you're the most tackles in the NFL. Yeah, but tackles isn't everything. Like tackles, in my opinion, are kind of like pass yards. They're okay, kind of well, those are pretty important. Pass yards are important. Tackles are important, but they can be a deceiving stat. Like Blake Martinez, the Packers linebacker, was like he led the league in tackles like three straight years, two straight years, or was like top five for like three or four straight years. But he was never a good just linebacker. Because just because someone has to make a tackle every play. So yeah, because if you make the tackle five yards downfield or one yard in the backfield, it's the same thing. Right. That's so then I don't think it's like pass yards. I don't think that's a fair thing to say. I'm saying um, it's like but I can understand why it's deceiving because someone will make a tackle on every play. So it doesn't, you know, it can only go so far as to show how good they've been. That's fair. yeah. So, like, tackles for loss are a big deal. 
And you know, Roquan Smith is a great player. I'm not trying to, to bash him. He's a really, really talented player. He was great for the Bears, but it makes sense why they wanted to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. A second and a fourth. What do you think about the value? I mean, the only thing is that they wouldn't have had him this offseason. They would have lost him. Right. So we had to trade him anyway. So fine. You know what? I like what Poles is doing. I think another thing, when you're a sports fan, you just want, and I said this to you earlier today, when you're a sports fan, you just want a general manager who seemed like they care. We were seeing the same thing with the Bulls and our tourist Carnosovis right now. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to make a little analogy here with the Bulls. I don't know if the Bulls will be contenders, but they've made a lot of moves and they've assembled a fun team. And that gives me my support of our tourist Carnosovis, the Bulls GM. Likewise, this Bears team is making a lot of moves. And just for that sole reason, it gives me hope that someone is trying to change this team. And it's not like a bunch of dumb moves. Like at least these moves seem like they have a purpose behind them. So when you've got a GM who seems like that they're actively trying to improve the team where like, instead of just being complacent with everything you have, then it just gives me a lot more hope that this team is being taken seriously and moving in the right direction. Yeah. And I think the, one of the most important things we'll talk about the Claypool trade in a bit, but I think one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I have to assume that they did the Roquan trade, knowing that they were going to trade for like Claypool or Jerry Judy or someone like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah. want to pick back, but at the same time, I think the biggest part of the Claypool trade is that you look at Justin Fields, you say, you know what? Darnell Moody is a good receiver. We were talking about this at school today. Darnell Moody is a good receiver, but you need someone who compliments him. You don't, mm-hmm. he's, I don't, he's a wide receiver too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like, like I said, I don't So like I wonder, him. you think Ryan Poles went into the season, like knowing, thinking in the back of his head that he's going to try to trade for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard a lot of reports that the Bears have been trying to get Claypool for a while. So that I love, I love the trade, man. It makes me so happy. I yeah. think it's also kind of silly. Like, of course, I would rather trade for him for a third rounder for less, but like, I understand why he's valued that way. Chase Claypool was incredible his first season with Big Ben. He's had shaky quarterback play and had to fight for, I know to some extent having other good wide receivers on your team can be beneficial, but he still had to fight with two other wide receivers. Um, So if you're looking at the like average production of a receiver taken in the second round, like if you're saying I'm either going to get Chase Claypool or another receiver in the second round, yeah, I would take- rather have Chase Claypool, you know? It's like Chase Claypool has proven the talent level that he has in his production, and he's 24. He's got great size, great speed, versus if you're keeping that second rounder, then you're drafting a player with only tape. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the biggest part... Like, it, in general, I think it's just better to go for a guy that you know how you know how he will perform on the field versus just keeping a pick. Yeah, I think the biggest part of this trade is that there are no... that Okay. The free agent class is really bad for wide receivers. And this is assuming that none of them get re-signed. The three best are like Juju, Alan Lazard, and Kendrick Bourne. Mm-hmm. That's assuming that none of them get re-signed. Yeah, I, I think Juju's chance Juju gets re-signed. Like those are not good. That's yeah. not good. Right? But my point is that you look at those, and I'm not saying the Bears won't sign them, but I am not content with having Darnell Mooney and one of those receivers. I'm content with having Darnell Mooney chase Claypool and one of those receivers. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, our receiving weapons just look so much better. Like, I, I, it just makes me happy. Like, I don't feel like 
receiver is a need that we desperately need now. Like, I think that there are other holes that we can focus on. Whereas yeah. before it's like, wow, we'd have to fill that hole, you know? And, and we'll, I will just see what happens on Sunday though. Yeah. And what's yeah. good about what I said is that there are a good amount of, there's a good amount of defensive tackles and offensive linemen. I think what Poles is doing really well, which I feel like Pace never did this well, is she's really planning for the future. Like he's thinking about everything strategically. He made what he made a few comments. I think he made some comments about how there's like, about like the free agent class, about the free agents that he could potentially sign. He's looking to the future. And I really, really like that. And I respect that because he's looking at the draft class. He's looking at the free agents. He's saying that we have a lot of money. We want fields to be good. Uh, you know what? The Bears might still be rebuilding next year. Who knows? You'll This offseason will say a lot. They might still be rebuilding because quite honestly, it's not that easy to take a really bad team to be a great team in one year. Mm-hmm. And would that shock me? No, it wouldn't shock me. But you also, the point is that if you push getting the good players off to like the year before, you're not going to be able to do that. That's not how free agents and see and draft works. I really like what Paul's, I like how he's building this team. I like that he knows what positions are valuable and what positions are not. I like that he drafted a cornerback and he drafted a safety this offseason. Because you know how nice it is going into free agency, knowing that you don't have to worry about those positions. Mm-hmm. It's great. You have Jalen Johnson, who hopefully they'll resign, and you have you have Kyler Gordon, who's playing solid football. You have Jaquan Brisker, who you could argue is in the race for Defensive Player of the Year. Actually, I think he is in the race for Defensive Player. Of yeah, the but year. Sauce Gardner is doing better. But sure. Yeah, but I mean, he's playing really good football. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy with how they're playing. They go this week. They play the Dolphins. We can talk about predictions later, but again. This season, I'm not looking for the... Obviously, I want the Bears to win every game. But if they don't win every game, I'm not devastated. If Fields looks good, if their chemistry between Claypool and Mooney looks good, if Brisker and Gordon and and Jalen Johnson and Dominique Robinson look good, if you players like Tevin Jenkins and playing great football, Braxton Jones look good. Those are future building blocks. Those are plays you're going to have for four or five years. If they look good then that's all I care about. Because if you have players like Sam Mustafer not playing well, that sucks. He won't be there next year. Mm-hmm. And it would make me very happy if the Bears snuck into the playoffs, but that's obviously not happening. Not happening. Okay. Do you have any more comments about the Bears? Not particularly. You want to wrap this one up or are we doing predictions? What are you thinking? Then you want to do a quick round of predictions? Let's go a quick round of predictions, but I am going to actually let myself think about the picks first so that I'm not being biased. All right, I'll pause it. All right, let's go run through it quickly. Um, Colts, Patriots, who we got? Give me the Patriots on this one. The Colts are really not a great team. And quite honestly, neither are the Patriots, but give me the Colts. Colts have a backup quarterback, Sam Allinger. Okay. Packers, Lions, give me the Packers. Give me the Packers as well. Chargers, Chargers. Falcons. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. Come on now. Bills, Jets, Bills. Yeah, Bills, Jets. Jets. Vikings, Commanders, Vikings. Well, wow, I feel like... Of course, Vikings. I know, it's really easy ones. That's what I'm saying. Bengals, Panthers, I want to hesitate for a second, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals bounce back in this one. Um, Jaguars, Raiders? You don't give me the Jaguars. Good pick, but I'm going to go with the Raiders. Even though they did just get shut out and were trash, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Let's skip Josh the Bears. Jacobs, have another good game. We'll end the game with Bears-Dolphins. All right. Cardinals, Seahawks. Good game. 
Give me the Cardinals. The games get really good starting here. Games Give get really me the good. Cardinals. You're taking the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals as well. All right. Bucks, Rams. Wow. I know, bro. This is so interesting because they're both the same team. They're both underperforming so hard. It's hard to know. You Give know? me the Rams. The Buccaneers look sad and depleted, and the Rams just look like a – I feel like they're on two different levels. The Buccaneers just look depleted and sad, and the Rams just look like a team who's underperforming. I know there's a big difference between the two. Give That's me fair, the but I'm still going to go with the Buccaneers because I trust Tom Brady to be able to bounce back more than I trust Matthew Safford at the moment. That's fair. All right. Titans, Chiefs. I give me the Chiefs. Don't let their records. I've seriously considered taking the Titans because like Derrick Henry running all over the Chiefs. And guess what? I am going to take the Titans. Let's take the Titans. I respect that pick. Yeah. Derrick Henry has been ridiculous this year, but at this point, no one cares because he's just like that. Give me the Titans. Why not? Ravens, Saints. Give me the Saints. Saints always play a close one. They always play a close one. I don't hate that pick, but I'm going with the Ravens. All right, all right, let's talk about Bears-Dolphins. I will be at this game. I will be rooting for all Bears fans alike. So, Bears-Dolphins. Dolphins have a good team. But I don't look at this. This is not a game where the Bears can't win. I don't look at this game, and I I, I still think the Bears could win this game. Are they? Do Am I going to pick them? No. The well, Dolphins- I think I'm just hoping for a good offensive performance. The Bears' defense just got torched by the Cowboys. And the Dolphins look like an electric offense. Sure. The Bears play the Bills and the Eagles. They will lose those games. Period. End of story. I think the Eagles are on the same level as the Dolphins. I don't know about that. I, I think, think just based on the games that two has played. But I still don't necessarily 100% trust I think two. they just seem a lot different because Tua has been injured for so long. So the Dolphins have dropped. Sure. But I just don't trust them as much. I don't know why, but I feel like the Bears kind of match up well. The Bears' run defense is going to be horrendous now, and with losing Roquan, they won't really have anyone to guard their tight end or running back, but the Dolphins' weapons are their receivers. The Bears have two good safeties, one really good cornerback, and one eh, okay quarter cornerback, but if the Bears scheme this up well, they can slow the Dolphins down. Because I think that they're this is I if I had to choose one team that I think the Bears defense fits perfect to match up against, I feel like it would be the Dolphins. Why do you say that? Because I think the Bears' strength right now are their secondary, and the Dolphins' strength is their receivers. Okay, okay. Fair enough. And I don't think the Dolphins are that great. They don't have that great of a rush attack, or they don't have that great of a tight end. Or a, uh, yeah, I really hope that we get, that would be great if we pull that away. That would be great and unbelievable. But give me the Dolphins 27-17. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Well, now I got to think of a cooler score than you. 28 to 21. That was That's 28-21. Why not? All right. Well, that wasn't cooler than me, but okay. Good time. Good job trying. All right. Um, bear good down. Night. Bear down and goodbye. Bear down.